Hi everyone, Sky here. Thanks for tuning in. Today we are talking to the queen of mindfulness and listening to the universe, Autumn Scanio, creator of Mind Audi Soul. Keep listening for tips on shifting your perspective and making the world work for you. Welcome to Beaming. Today's guest. I just want you to imagine for a moment moving to a new city, having no friends, no one in your life down there yet. And you join this yoga studio, you start instructing, and you meet a beautiful soul who ends up changing your life. Um, That is exactly what happened to me when I met our guest today, Autumn. Welcome, Autumn. How's it going? It's going good. What an introduction to say I changed your life. I would I would say I hopefully impacted it. But <laughs> um, and the same about you. I remember meeting you and just being drawn to your energy because you're just so much light and happiness. And I was very sad when you moved away. So I'm glad to be connecting with you on this platform today. I know. I feel like there are so many things that obviously this pandemic has kind of (laughs) pushed on us. And one of those things was me being pushed back to Virginia and that's okay. And we're, you know, the fact that we're staying in touch and continue to make new memories and new experiences is, is kind of the magic of knowing when there's an impactful person in your life, you don't want those people to slip away and keeping them in your memory. So um, I'm so happy to have you here today. And you did change my life. You 100% added so many new aspects of just understanding the world and kind of accepting this world and and learning from it every day uh, that I implement all the time now. So I I'm so excited. I've been, I swear, I've been telling every person that asks about the podcast, asks about the first few episodes. I'm the most excited to say, like, you're going to learn all these crazy (laughs) things that, that uh, Autumn has helped me implement in my life. So I'm super excited for you to be here. And we're going to learn a lot about you and your journey and your beliefs throughout the episode. Um, But would you mind giving us just a little peek into who Autumn is and maybe a little sneak a peek about your new brand, uh, Mind Audie Soul? So who I am, um, I'm a recovering perfectionist, uh, a Virgo sun, a Pisces rising and a Taurus moon. If, if anybody follows um, astrology and their, their birth chart, which it's a fascinating um, tool to just really kind of learn more about yourself. It's, it's, it's helped me a lot kind of zoom out to a bigger uh, perspective of why it is I do the things I do. Um uh, let's see. I yoga, live, breathe, love it. Yoga personally changed my life. And so, you know, it's my mission now to just like share it with everybody and make sure everybody knows how good it makes you feel. Um, and it's helped me tremendously with especially years like this 2020 and, and pandemics. Um, 
And so leading into my, my newest venture, um, I quit the corporate world. So I was in sales uh, my whole life, pretty much out of college, liquor sales, radio advertising sales. And, um, you know, I, I truly just thought that I, I didn't like to work. I just, I didn't really have any passions other than traveling and like living my life, being with my friends. And um, so I never really put much thought into trying to do something I loved because I didn't really know that I loved anything that could make me money or be fulfilling. And so I had kind of this, this breaking point where I just need, you know, realize I had to, to get out. And so I quit my corporate job and luckily I was, you know, had just gotten married. So I had support, but, um, you know, I, I feel like if I didn't have that partner in my life, I still would have made the leap and I would have, you know, leaned on parents or friends or found a freaking way. And, uh, I spent my time kind of just in meditation, tuning in, figuring out what I even wanted to do. And uh, I was had just completed yoga teacher training. And that was always going to be a side gig to me. It was just, I never really wanted to be a teacher. I, I had been practicing yoga for about 12 years, loved it. Um, I had sprained my ankle. I'm, I'm jumping all over the place. So hopefully you're following. I had sprained my ankle and was out of yoga for six months, which is when I realized really that I was miserable in my life in my corporate job because without yoga, yoga was helping me to balance, you know, my hectic work life. So when that was removed, I realized how unhappy I really was. And so I signed up for yoga teacher training to get my practice back safely. And then I thought, okay, I could maybe just teach on the side while I figure out what my next move is. And, uh, didn't realize my, my yoga was it like that yoga was going to take my heart and forced me to share it with the world. So I've been doing that ever since teaching yoga and trying to figure out a way to share it with as many people as possible. Um, looking forward to hosting international wellness retreats and, um, mind, Adi soul formed, um, Adi is my nickname. So uh, in all things, mind, body, soul, I really found that when we're a lot in our true alignment and leading life from our heart and what our soul wants, that um, just pure magic happens, that that ease that those people that like really enjoy what they do and live this like great life, like it can exist when you found this balance and this alignment, which I have through yoga, energy, healing, nourishment. I mean, I stopped feeding myself crap, you know, and all these things that I did led to this, this now, I guess, career that doesn't feel like a career. It just feels like an extension of my heart that I get to do every day. And I'm just, you know, I, I pinch myself because, you know, I still see where I want to go. But I realize that like everything I'm doing today is something I dreamed about, wish for a while ago. My mind is like just buzzing like back and forth. All these things I want to ask you about. First of all, congratulations on, I mean, the concept of being somewhere where you dreamed of being and finding a balance and, you know, continuing to learn every day, but at least following 
a passion that presented itself to you in such a sneaky way, you know, like I've heard so many stories of teachers taking yoga teacher training just to learn more. And it, it absolutely alters their life. It did for me, I know. And it's, it's so exciting to hear that you feel so good on your path right now. And I'm so excited about the steps you're taking with your brand and your retreats. And I mean, you're a move in person. You're always doing something new. That's so exciting. So you are based in Tampa, Florida. Yes. And have you been there a long time or is that home? What What's your kind of like, where have you been in the world? Yeah. I grew up in this area. I was born in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and my dad and extended family um, still live out there. Um, but my mom, I was my mom and dad divorced uh, when I was one, and so I grew up in Florida since a child. I kind of was a snowbird. I spent summers and winters in Wyoming, and then school year in Florida. So yes, and then my husband is from Tampa, so we're kind of we're here. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like your soul is very warm and Florida to me. Maybe that's one of the reasons I was so drawn to you. So you talked about a lot of different things. First off, I'd love to hear. So you left your corporate job, went out to find this, you know, follow this new path that presented itself. Um, That can't be easy. So (laughs) were there days when you thought that it was the wrong choice or you should, you know, or, or was that passion just so, so steady flowing that you knew you were on the right on the right wave. No, I, I would have probably kept working in misery because just the feeling of wanting to make money and not have to rely on someone else. Um, but my husband, you know, when you're unhappy and you come home, you kind of, your energy spreads to someone else. So he was like, absolutely not quit your job, you know, figure it out. So I did, but yeah, I, I I think about my early days. I miss them now, but back then they were kind of uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable to like get up and not have anything to do, but feel like, okay, you had to do something. You couldn't just be a lazy bum, you know? So I just, I would meditate an hour, an hour and a half in the mornings and, and journal. And I think like three weeks in, so this started January of 2019, three weeks in, I was already applying for jobs. And like, I actually accepted a, a job um, selling liquor. So it was commission only. And I had done that out of college, but now here I was in this yoga path and I was like, I don't, you know, we went through the whole process where they hired me. They gave me a whole case of liquor for samples. You know, I had an email set up and they wanted me to go into these bars and like sell the liquor. And and it was vodka too, which I don't even drink vodka. So (laughs) I started feeling like, okay, that's, I can't do anything inauthentically. Right. Cause when I used to sell liquor, I would sell, I sold whiskey and like all the things I actually drank. So I was passionate about it. And I also was in my young twenties, like definitely partying. So (laughs) I just, I didn't feel right. Like, you know, walking into these bars and, and having these conversations when it wasn't my truth. So before it even really began, I, I quit that, um, 
And I, I went and got a part-time jobs uh, at a bridal salon selling wedding dresses on the weekends. And that was so fulfilling because I got to use my sales skills and I got to like see people every day because it can be depressing, like going from a job where you are always talking with people, seeing people and then nobody at all. So it was more so for my ego too, to feel like, okay, I got me out of the house a couple of days of the week to be dressed, but I didn't want to commit to a full-time job because at this point I had start. I realized I wanted to take my yoga journey further and become a yoga therapist, which is a whole nother two year certification schooling. It's about $12,000. So I had just graduated regular yoga training. Um, so I instead invested in holistic wellness training and coaching because I figured that would still be a huge piece of working with clients in yoga therapy. I love yoga. I love meditation. I know a lot of the modalities for healing, but I am not very good. You shouldn't talk like this, by the way. You shouldn't say I'm not or these negative things. But according to my husband, I am not very good at um, coaching people. Cause when you're a coach, you're supposed to like help them. It's supposed to be their idea where I'm more masculine energy in my approach, where I just say, this is a great, like, here's the facts. Here you go. <laughs> and that doesn't really help people. Like, I feel like transformative work is kind of like yoga where you experience it and figure it out for yourself. So for me, I did holistic wellness training to get more background on the coaching aspects so that when I worked with clients, I could be more helpful in that way and less just like bossy, I guess. Like, you know, here, do all these things. It will work. <laughs> so I was studying, meditating and working part-time. That part was huge for me. I don't think like I, what I'm teaching today is what I learned on that journey. And, you know, it was a journey of peeling back layers every day, you know, those self doubts coming through like really, really low moments, um, feeling like I was going to have to go back into the corporate world and work for somebody else because I just didn't have the confidence in myself. I didn't have, it was just all these like limiting beliefs coming up. But, you know, the thing I did have was I had just made this commitment to radically self-love myself. Like, what did that look like? If I just decided to follow my heart. So each day I would wake up and what did I want to do that day? Was it to work on, you know, did I want to study? Did I want to work on my website? A lot of times I just wanted to do yoga and I, I allowed myself to do what my heart wanted. I tried to push the shame of not being productive enough. And that really helped me the yoga and the meditating and those things that I kept craving more so than putting my website together, putting a business out right away, just because I had just quit my corporate job and trying to start this business. It took me about two years of really doing this inner work. And then I realized that's what I wanted to, to teach. I wanted to teach people this inner work and you can only teach from your experience. I knew like really highly successful people meditated every day. And I meditated a little bit, but never consistently. So I wanted to see now that I had the time, what would happen if I just tuned in? Like I really wanted to connect to that inner voice and we're so clouded and layered with the outside world and other people's opinions and our limiting beliefs from childhood, everything kind of layered onto us. And yoga helps us strip those away. But when we really, really tune in, we can find out what our heart wants to do. And that, that trickled down to well, what does my soul actually want to eat? Cause like if you were to, you know, 
really ask yourself what you're craving. I found myself most of the time, it wasn't that junk food because ultimately I, I wanted to keep my vibration high. I wanted to have good energy levels. So when I really asked my heart, like, do you want to do this? Or, you know, if it was going to a party or committing to an event where you, most of the time we say yes to so much shit that doesn't like bring us joy. And we have, like, we just dread it. So I allowed myself to say no and like only say yes to things that really, really lit me up. And when I was choosing my food and what books to read, like everything was a product of what my heart wanted. And I swear to God, when you live your life like that, it doesn't steer you wrong. Like, and you don't have this like guilt or like regrets, like, oh God, I shouldn't have made that decision because you know, your heart made that decision, not the opinion of someone else or not, you know, the version that you think you should be. It's, it is, it's a scary way to live. And it's hard, I think at first, because we're so accustomed to living for other people and not ourselves. And being, and we're afraid to be judged for it. So during this time, this is kind of my process. I just started little doing, okay, I'm going to commit to radical self-love. I'm going to meditate every day. And I started realizing I kind of built a framework or or foundation for myself of how I wanted to live. And it was authenticity. Like I wanted to only do things that were authentic to me. Vulnerability. I knew by being my authentic self, I had to be very vulnerable and not care. And being a perfectionist, people pleaser, that's a really hard thing to do. Gratitude. Gratitude helped. You know, I was a very negative person when I was in my corporate job because the level of toxicity in the corporate world and the gossiping and, you know, it just trickled down. And so even though I thought I was positive, I had my friends and families sit me down and be like, you're like just reek of negativity. So gratitude, gratitude, you know, just being thankful that I had a house, even though I didn't have a job anymore and things like that lifted me up. And then non-attachment, detaching from my expectations of, you know, especially when you're leaving the corporate world and thinking you got to climb the corporate ladder um, and be this person that your parents always wanted you to be or that you always just thought you were going to be because you went to school for that. Detaching from expectations, detaching from that old version of yourself. um, These are the things that kind of, when I realized that I was going to use these as my, like I was my own business at that point. Like I was just operating every day. And those were the things, vulnerability, authenticity, gratitude, detachment, um, connection to my soul. Wow. I'm just sitting here, first of all, in awe, because all of those things are not easy. I mean, you're talking about it now, like, oh yeah, I meditate every day and I learned detachment and I learned to not care what others think. Like you're saying it as if (laughs) it just is like sipping tea, but it's actually extremely difficult. I'm also thinking of all my fears that I still harbor and the nerves, even creating a podcast. It's so scary putting yourself out there in a vulnerable way and being okay with what other people think. Even when you say only going with what your heart and your soul want, Think of if everyone lived that way. Would more people wake up every day with a sense of eagerness to live their life and feel good in their skin? Like it, I feel like it opens up just a world that we don't learn. We don't grow up living, which is kind of crazy because why aren't we? (laughs) 
Well, I think a lot of people think that they are like, like they are not aware. Yeah. You know, your true essence is love. It's not suffering. You know, when you realize that and you see all these people who think, you know, maybe they think their life is great and they're doing everything good. But if they were to truly be honest with themselves and ask, they're probably not there. You know, there's things that they're not doing. And there's that quote that says, you're not tired because you need sleep. You're tired because you're not doing enough of the things that light you up. That was me. I I thought my whole life I had mono because I was just always tired. Oh my God. I never had mono, but I just like, you know, I was just a sleepy person or not sleepy. I just was tired all the fucking time. Now I will say your language has a lot like your mindset, your sub- your subconscious mind is probably one of my favorite things to work with. And a lot of this work, like, oh, I meditated every day. I learned this. I learned that. It is hard. It is hard to just switch and go into these habits. Um, first, you have to have this self-awareness of the situation of yourself to realize these things about yourself. And then to commit, you just have to realize that you're more powerful. Like if you can reprogram your mind, that's been programmed by other people since the day you were born with the voice of your soul, then like you just have all this power. I think it's really sad to see how powerless people feel in their own lives. I think that's like the biggest, I just like, my heart hurts for people who feel lost. And I I struggled with chronic anxiety my whole life. I was on Xanax. I, you know, I had depression and I I still have waves, which I don't call depression now. I call it lows. Now I enjoy the lows because I know when I'm in a low, the high is gonna come. And having gratitude there, if you're in a low, it's there's a lesson to be learned. And I think this is one of the things we've talked about is that everything is for you. It's not happening to you. We live in this like victim, you know, mentality. Like, why is this happening to me? And I mean, last week when we were on the phone, (laughs) I got a flat tire. And my, the first reaction was, Oh, why? Like what the, like not today. I have so much shit. And, you know, I quickly was like, okay, it's, if everything is happening, best case scenario, if everything is for your highest good, think about why maybe you got this flat tire. Like maybe I was being prevented, you know, angels gave me a flat tire because I was going to get a huge wreck on the interstate later. And then I would have been really like, why is this happening to me? And so in those moments, you kind of just in those lows, in those shitty moments, you have to look for the light because it's always there. It's us that labels the experiences, the situations. And so that's the power of our own mind to be able to choose what we want to label something and then choose what we say about ourselves. For instance, like I, my whole life said, I suck at technology. Me and technology have a terrible relationship. I'm just bad at this. I'm just bad at that, which has been why I like have been It took me so long to do a website because I just thought I couldn't. And I mean, when you look at the people who do the things that you wish you could do, there's nothing different about you and them. It's just that they chose to do it and they believed in themselves. So if you strip it down to like, we're all the same. I mean, we're all humans, right? I mean, you've of course got different IQs and everything, but there's miracle stories every day of people following their dreams. And I think for me, I I just knew that, I had enough belief in myself that I was like, okay, I know that somewhere I can do this, right? Because I've done hard things before. 
But when you get those roadblocks of those, I can't, and those, like, you just have to listen to that, that inner critic, that inner voice. And you ask yourself where it's coming from, because it's not coming from your heart. It's coming from the ego that's trying to protect you. It's coming from past experiences of rejection. It's not easy. It doesn't like overnight, you know, affirmations, like you say three of them or write it 10 times. You're just like, this new person, but it's a reprogramming and it does work over time because I'm proof. Like I am good at technology now, you know, it's, I I could talk about the subconscious mind and mindset all day, which kind of goes into that manifestation work that I also love to talk about, but you can keep me on track. I'd love to come back to the for you mentality that you talked about briefly with your experience getting a flat tire the other day. Um, You first introduced this idea to me when we went on a little yoga training weekend in Savannah, Georgia, which was a lovely, lovely trip. And on our way back, we opened up in new ways. And ever since you brought this for you idea up to me, I try to implement it as much as possible because it just makes life easier to understand those hard moments. I mean, you know, we can give examples, but really I want to hear in a moment how you think other people can start to implement this. But I remember the week after you told me about this, I was stuck in the shop working late. I was the only one there. I was painting a set and you know, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to get this done, but everyone's gone. I'm bummed that I'm here on a, you know, a nice evening until 6.37. And I kind of, you know, hobbled home on my bicycle. And as I'm approaching the lake near my house, I look up and this sunset is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And immediately tears fill my eyes And I know that that was the universe sending me that beauty, keeping me at work late so that I could experience that and have a new found joy for the rest of the evening, for the rest of my week, just knowing that I was here in this moment and I was totally full of light at that moment. And I truly believed that, you know, that was my first time really feeling Like I was seeing the universe speak to me and finding this opportunity only created for me to experience. And now I find moments like that all the time, whether it's, you know, a negative, like getting a flat tire that you turn into a reason or some comfort in why that (laughs) would have happened. Um, But also the happy moments and the beautiful moments that we experience. But for someone who you know, like me had never thought about this before or thought about how to turn an everyday experience into something meant for them. Do you have any advice on how to start thinking that way? Because it is a total mind shift. Yeah. Well, just that switching the word from it's happening to you to for you, Mm -hmm. that word helps just that switch. Because if you were to get a speeding ticket, right, that's a shitty thing that happened to you. Right. But it happened for you as a, a nice warning. You didn't kill yourself or someone else, you know, there's like, yeah, it also can sound very narcissistic, right? Everything's for me. Yeah. 
but it truly is like in everyone is living through their own perception anyways everyone's having their own version of their own reality um so this conversation is for me you know i'm like everything that you're saying is is a message for me i'm learning you know and at the same time it's all for you too yeah. Um, we're having an exchange. We wouldn't be in each other's realities right now if we didn't have a message or a lesson for each other. Right. Um, so we're all teachers. We're all students the whole time. And my yoga teacher is kind of who led me onto this thinking. She said, think of every moment as significant, even if it's not. You know how we're always the in society, it's like, oh, you overthink everything or, oh, everything's a sign, like kind of mocking it. But if you truly look at everything significant, like, oh, look at this sunset. It's a sign for, you know, whatever. It just is such a lovely way to live. So even if it's not real, (laughs) it does make me feel better. And that's how I form my beliefs. Like I choose to believe in the things that make me feel good. And that may seem woo woo or make believe to some people. Um, I'm happy. And so that's kind of how I dictate what feels good and if it resonates in my soul. So if it feels like truth in my heart, um, my truth can change at any moment based on new information, but I live my life like that. So this idea that everything is significant allows you to be really present because if you're always paying attention to something, because it could be so meaningful, you know, I'm not saying like go into it like, what is this doorknob on this door? What's the message for me? You know, it's not that crazy, Mm -hmm. but it does make you more alert and more aware so that you can catch those moments of aha or having just more present awareness and gratitude for how great and significant things are. Gratitude ties into this, I feel like, because if you're, you know, just having gratitude for every situation and every person being for you of a benefit of a lesson, something. So you have this gratitude instead of like, why the heck, you know, if you're going through a breakup, of course, you know, and they broke up with you, you just want to hate them. But instead being like, well, this breakup is happening for me, for my soul's growth. And I have such gratitude for this person coming into my life and breaking my heart. You go on a gratitude rant. If you need to raise your vibration, if you're just feeling really, really shitty. And when you're feeling really shitty, it's hard to be grateful. It's like, okay, well, I'm grateful for my family. And you start kind of being like the basic stuff. But if you get really, really crazy with your gratitude rant, like I'm grateful, you know, for lights in my house. I'm grateful for the power man. I'm grateful for the hair tie on my wrist. I will tell you that's very silly, but it is a true example of how I will play that gratitude game and kind of like pump up the volume so much that it just is a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. But it's a fun game to play because why not? Like, yeah, I think the why not is what this whole episode is about. It's about bringing this new perspective to the table. And, you know, some people live this way already. Some people probably are the same as you and have gratitude rants. But also if you're listening and none of this is connecting with your daily life, like maybe next time consider just why not like try, first of all, something new and something that 
could honestly bring you a lot of peace and like happiness. <laughs> That's kind of what I take from it because it is hard to listen and to think, you know, I could be doing all of these things. It's not about, I need to write a checklist. I need to do my gratitude rant every day. I need to meditate every day. I need to do this, this, and this. It's just like you said at the beginning, following what your soul asks for and what your heart decides. And if one day, the first time ever, you your heart is saying, I need to scream my gratitudes out or write them down, don't question it almost. Just follow that. You know, listen to the universe. And that is another thing that we've talked a lot about is just listening to the universe, trusting it, knowing that it's going to put the best thing in front of you. Would you want to talk a little bit about how that works and how that has kind of changed your life? Yeah. So the universe is the word that I use, but essentially it's something higher than ourselves. And and to practice yoga, you have to believe in something higher than yourself. Otherwise, you're probably just stretching because <laughs> yoga is that... <laughs> Is that union, of, <laughs> you know, that belief um, that was when I entered yoga teacher training, she said that and coming from, you know, I, I grew up in Christian schools and everything, but I kind of moved away from religion because of all the, you know, the, the judgment and a lot of the hate around I, I the divisiveness. So I kind of pulled away from it. And I like the idea of just like the universe and, and, and calling it that, but it's God, it's source. It's, um, whatever you feel comfortable with or whatever you resonate with, there's a higher power out there above us. And to believe in that is so comforting because it's not just you alone against the world. Like you are always fully supported. There's definitely a higher power out there. And when you, the more you believe in it, the more that you are aware and understanding that it's all for you, then you can actually see the universe, God in action. Mm -hmm. You see these beautiful signs, you you know, the sunsets, there's no denying it once you allow yourself to just believe. One of the first books I read was Gabrielle Bernstein's The Universe Has Your Back. And that was amazing. I mean, I recommend that book to everybody. Everything's working out best case scenario. This is an affirmation by activation vibration. She's one of my like favorite spiritual people to follow on Instagram. And that gives me a lot of comfort. Like everything's working out best case scenario. The universe already had the plan is it's already written in the stars, right? You are the co-creator. It's, it's tricky. It's like you can manifest, you have the power to manifest, but at the same time, everything is divine. So everything is divinely going to happen in its timing. And if you've ever been single and then met the love of your life, you know this. When you're single, you're just like, why aren't these people working out for me? And, or, you know, oh, woe is me. I'm single, you know, blah, blah. blah. And then you meet the one and you realize then why it couldn't have worked out with anyone else. Or when you wanted something now or, you know, in that moment and you don't get it till later, then you realize once you get it, oh my gosh, I couldn't have received it earlier. It, it had to have been now because the person I was back then wasn't able to receive it. Like you have to go through these lessons and these growths to be a vibrational match for things. And when you understand that 
the universe always has your back. You can trust, just trust that it's working out and that there's this plan, then that ge- that gives you the ability to relax and enjoy the present moment. It just is a better way to live because your worry and stress about the future and about your problems is not going to change your problems. Our society lives so much in the past and so much in the future. And if you're an Eckhart Tolle fan, the power of now, Thich Nhat Han is one of my other favorite spiritual teachers about the present moment. The present moment is the only moment that is actually life because the past moment doesn't exist anymore. The future is like a figment of your imagination. And so where you actually have power and control over everything is right now in the now. And that's just such a hard place to be, especially if you're a dreamer, or if you're a warrior, or, um, you know, if you like to reminisce, you know, you're thinking back a couple years ago, or maybe your high school days, wherever you're reminiscing. And I think about this because I go, here I am reminiscing about my younger days. And I know that my older days are going to be here and I'm going to miss these days. So in that moment, I try to catch myself and just say, just be here right now and just soak it in. But you have to trust, you have to trust that as long as you're following your heart and like putting one foot in the other, then you're good. I mean, when have you ever not been provided for? And I know this is probably a privileged thing to say because you think about the people who are like homeless. Um, and I feel like honestly, they probably have more faith than, than a lot of us. So if you're out there listening and all of this that we're talking about, all of these concepts are starting to be a little overwhelming and there are a lot of them. And this is not meant to, um, overwhelm you or, you know, make you think that you need to step into all of these new mindsets. That's not what we're trying to do. And just to bring, oh, okay. Okay. So to make this a little bit more accessible to anyone listening, Autumn is going to take us through a quick mindset trick to kind of teach us the beginnings of how our mind works. Yeah. So the subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's not. And um, I'll kind of walk you through a little visualization that when I first did it, totally made me realize how, how true that is. And that, and knowing that is so powerful, um, in how you go about mastering your mindset. So I want you to close your eyes and just visualize going into your fridge and getting a lemon, feel the texture, the color, Bring this lemon to a cutting board and start to slice it into little lemon wedges. Bring this lemon to your mouth and just take a bite of the lemon. You may notice that your mouth started to water, that maybe you made a little sour face, but yet you don't have a lemon. Did this happen to you, Sky? <laughs> I'm over here like <laughs> that is crazy. Right? <laughs> Tell us what this means. <laughs> so I mean, that to me, that's what that means. Your subconscious mind has no idea what's fake and what's real. And so we just fake ate a lemon and our body prepared to eat it and even had a sour face, and yet we didn't have a lemon. So 
that is the power of mindset. And that's why I am so, I'm actually really not into sarcasm. Like I'm very, (laughs) I'm very literal because I, you know, your mind is listening to you. And so, you know, you look at your reality, look at your language and your inner voice and what you're constantly saying, like, Oh, I'm so tired. I'm so this, I'm so broken, blah, 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 blah. Well, okay. If that's what you are, your subconscious mind wants to please you. So it's just going to meet your expectations of yourself. And the same with like reliving the past over and over again, when we're living, you know, thinking about our traumas. Now you do need to feel to heal and you have to go back through those old wounds, but we are broken records. We love to just like play it over and over and over again. And your body doesn't know that it's not really happening again. If it was a traumatic event, your body's producing those chemicals of that fight or flight response or that sadness, that grief. And that's a stressor. So you're constantly like being stressed and depressed and releasing those chemicals. That's why, you know, the gratitude list is so amazing because you're sitting here being so grateful and that lifts, you know, lifts your vibration. And in the same way, that's where manifestation and the power of visualization is so powerful because you start to visualize the things that you want or that dream career and not only visualize it, but you just start to like embody it. Like if you were to kind of role play or pretend that, you know, I do have this job, your posture changes, you know, your body is connected to your emotions and your energy and your mind. And, you know, it doesn't lie. Like you will show through that. So with this whole, the lemon trick, I love, because that to me, that's all I needed to know. I didn't need to see anything else. I was like, Mm -hmm. I believe this to be true. And I took it as literal spelling is, you know, a spell. Like when you speak, you are producing spells. So I'm very mindful with the words I choose. Like at the beginning of the podcast, you said you started to say, I'm not something. And you were like, no, I'm not going to speak that. Like I shouldn't be saying that. Is that kind of where you were coming from with that? Yes. And so it's not something that's easy to do because, you know, we're constantly criticizing ourselves, but it's catching yourself and then rewriting it. Okay. And the more that you rewrite that, then the more, you know, it gets programmed in and then that's your truth. And, um, and this is how affirmations work too. You know, a lot of people will write down like, well, I don't want to be broke or I don't want this. And like, don't focus on the negative. You know, you always want to focus in the positive and you also want to be not coming from a, a a vibration of lack. Mm -hmm. You want to be coming from a vibration of, you know, gratitude, like you already have it. And then the detach, that's where detachment comes in, right? It's like your desires, you know, this is a tricky one in the spiritual world because people think, oh, having desires is like not good and you should just be content being, but our desires are clues like from our soul, like they were planted there for a reason. And when we follow those, we get closer and closer to like what we're here for. Mm -hmm. So when you like want, you have these desires, it's okay to have them and kind of dream about them, but then you kind of just detach from them, right? You, you write them down, you put your order into the universe, (laughs) you list what you want because we're, we're creative. We're creators. We are part of creation. So our job is to create. And then we detach though. We detach from the outcome because A, we already know 
it's going to come to us in divine timing. We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to stress about it. And this or something better because some a lot of times we wish for something, we get something else, but it's actually way better than what we wish for. Totally. I went into like three things, but the mindset helps me with my manifestation work. You'll, you'll notice it when you listen to other people, you'll watch them talk. I'm like all my friends, I will cut you off in the middle of it and say, you know, don't say that about yourself or, um, and this is a little game you can do too. If you notice yourself saying a bat, like notice that inner voice saying like, I'm, oh, I'm so ugly or, oh, I'm so this or, or whatever it is kind of bashing mm-hmm. yourself, stop and say three nice things about yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you notice yourself saying something not nice about someone else, catch yourself and say three nice things about them. And it's just, it helps to kind of rewrite that yucky, like feeling and that vibration. But yeah, your subconscious mind is always listening. It always wants to please you. So be careful what you say because it does not know the difference of what's real and what's not. So if that's the case, then like, hell, I'm a millionaire and (laughs) I'm healthy as fuck and all these things, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Start saying those things to yourself. What'll happen? So Autumn, before we let you go, you did mention when you were talking about leaving your corporate job, how you started to implement meditation. And I would love for you to tell us maybe a little trick or how someone who's never meditated before can give it a try. Because I think meditation, it kind of sounds scary. It sounds like you should be expecting something and you should sit there for five minutes and have your mind cleared. And it's just, there are so many <laughs> So many things wrong with with that kind of thinking about it. So um, would you just give us maybe a little trick on how to start or just a little tip? Yeah. So meditation, I think, does have this reputation, stigma stigma of being like hard. I mean, when I talk to people like, oh, I can't stop my thoughts, which... Yeah. No, you can't. If you say it like that, you know, yeah, you you're telling yourself you can't. So why would you be able to? So that's mm-hmm. the first thing is like, okay, well, if you want to do something, you want to try something, are you telling yourself that you can't even do it before you even try? So get rid of that language. And then the art of meditation is sitting and doing nothing, which sounds really freaking easy. And it should be, but our society and, you know, the West is very, that this is very hard for us because we are an overload. Like we can't go long periods of time without reaching for our phone or like watching something, talking to somebody. Um, It's just, it's hard for us to be with our thoughts. And that's the thing too, is thinking that you have to like cut all those thoughts off. And that is not the point of meditation. So the first thing I would say is drop all of your expectations. Just allow yourself, because even if nothing happens with your mind and you were thinking the entire time, if you allowed yourself to sit in silence, you know, for 10 minutes breathing, at the very least, you lowered your blood pressure, like all the other physical benefits of meditation that you get from just sitting with the breath. I mean, any non-believers know, I mean, like if you're having anxiety attack or whatever, and you start to take these deep breaths, you start to calm your nervous system. So at the very least, get those physical benefits of meditation. And I started out every day, five minutes only. I set a timer I set a timer on my microwave or like the Alexa. So I wasn't trying to look at my phone. I kind of kept my phone away from me. And that way I didn't have that worry of like, okay, how much time had passed? I just knew 
All I had to do was sit here until that buzzer, you know, rang. And there's some techniques to get you into your body. You really want the body relaxed. So meditating is going to be the easiest after physical exercise. So, I mean, yoga, awesome. But if you're not into yoga, try meditating after a run. I love to meditate first thing in the morning, which my body hasn't been active. So at the very least, I'll kind of wiggle around, do some neck rolls or whatever, because you want to be comfortable. If you're not comfortable, your mind is going to be fidgeting. Mm -hmm. So just get comfortable. It's not important that you're in formal lotus pose. You know, you do want your spine long because you want the energy to flow like freely. You don't want to be hunchbacked or whatever. So you can lay on your back, which is comfortable or in a chair that will keep your spine upright. You can have your feet like touching the ground. I really like meditation pose. Like I I put a pillow underneath my tailbone. So meditation is focusing on one thing, not not thinking. So you pick your thing, whether it's breath, whether it's your eyes are open and you're staring at a candle flame and you're trying to just keep focused on that or music or a mantra where you're just like chanting over and over again, like, you know, peace, peace, whatever it is. And then you will float away. Meditation is the practice of the awareness of when you floated away and coming back to that point of concentration. If your mind starts wandering at that moment of, oh shit, I'm not thinking about, I'm way over here. That's where a lot of people get like, oh, I suck. Fuck. I'm, this is worthless. I might as well quit. Stop that negative talk. Come back to your focus point. And over time, you are meditation is training your brain. It's like when you are working out, you can't lift like the heaviest weight at first. You train. So when you meditate, you're not going to be good at focusing because that's what you're trying to train to do. And over time, you will get more aware quicker of when you've gone away from your focus. And then you'll come back quicker. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, you're rarely like going off. And the more you can focus on that one thing, then you start to transcend that thing and you go into that meditative state. Um, But don't have any expectations of like, you're going to have like, you know, this great like trip or whatever. I mean, sometimes you get visuals, sometimes you do have these great experiences or you do hear your inner wisdom come through and you can do that by asking questions like, who am I? What am I here for? And, you know, over and over again until something comes through. But really for beginners, you're just trying to train your brain to focus more. And it's not about how successful your meditation was when you're meditating. It's about, you don't realize doing that, the success is after throughout your day. Mm -hmm. So how many times throughout your day, did you not get like upset? Or did you not, you know, were you able to stay focused and present? That was because you meditated. And anyone who does start meditating, they will probably tell you they do notice a difference just in their inner peace. Great. That's awesome. Thank you so much for talking to me today and sharing parts of your journey and so many of your beliefs and practices with us. I think, I mean, if anything, this will start so many conversations and little bursts in people's minds. I'm positive of it. Where can we find you on the web in person? How can we stay in contact and uh, keep following your journey? 
So I'm pretty active on my Instagram, mind.audi.soul. And then my website, I just launched mindaudisoul.com. I offer yoga, Reiki, energy healing, um, one-on-one coaching and alignment, just kind of using all of the modalities and tools that I used in my own journey to get my mind, body, soul aligned so that I could feel and live this like blissful life that I'm so grateful to live right now. I want to thank you, Sky, for having me on here. This is just an awesome experience. I appreciate our friendship and our connection so much. And I am so excited for this podcast for you and for all the people you're going to be sharing their stories. And I can just, I'm, I'm thrilled. Thank you, Autumn. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on Beaming this week. Make sure to check out Mind Audi Soul on Instagram and her website. And you can follow along with us at Beaming Podcast on Instagram. Make sure to subscribe, leave a rating or a review if you feel so inclined.